The Radio Memories Network is brought to you in part by Liberated Syndication. Podcast publishing made easy. Libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. The Radio Memories Network welcomes you to the world of modern radio theater, an old medium revived for a new era through the Radio Memories Network. It's now time for Radio Drama, where we perform on the stage of your mind. The curtains are your eyelashes, your hat our fly space. Different parts of your brain are the costume, set designer, and makeup artist. And your eyes are in your ear. Audio plays have been broadcast since radio began. Minus one. Join us as we continue the tradition on the Texas Radio Theater. Cliff Proton Space Ranger! And the Whisper. It means murder, Watson. Onward to adventure! Away! Because it's not only the theater, but it's the theater of the mind. The mind! And that's what I'm writing Jump for. Jump Rod. Ready for impact in three, two, one. <clears throat> Tying on the rope now. It's the realm of your imagination, where anything can happen, and usually does. Welcome to this week's broadcast of the Texas Radio Theater. Hi, I'm Rich Froelich. This week you'll hear the original Sherlock Holmes play the Texas Radio Theater Company produced in November 2005. Sherlock Holmes and Hercule Poirot together in the Amber Crombie Forgery, written by Julie Barrett. Final call, all aboard. This is Chief Inspector Jep. Boarding the train. I see a Perot. I'll go in the back way. Parker, you take the front entrance. All right. Captain Hastings, board the next carriage, and I will watch from the platform. She will not escape. On my way. The 1006 to Blackpool is now leaving platform 7. Stop! She's getting off of the first class compartment. I'm so sorry, mademoiselle. Did you trip on my walking stick? Elsie <coughs> the Cuthbert, I am placing you under arrest for the murder of Florence Price. I and didn't. the forgery of her will. I didn't do it! Mademoiselle Cuthbert, an experienced forger would not make such a simple mistake. You'll never make it stick. Take her down to the station, Parker. Off you go. Get your hands off of me! Well, that certainly was an adventure. We oui, Hastings. Her undoing was the loop in the lowercase g... They were identical for both Dame Florence and Margaret, the chambermaid who witnessed the original will. For two women of such different social and educational backgrounds to write so similarly, it is very improbable. <laughs> well, you certainly cracked it. Thanks, Perot. <laughs> it barely taxed the little gray cells. <laughs> Anna, the Abercrombie forgery case. I uh, say, isn't that the case you two worked on together? Back before I met you, Poirot. Oui, mon ami, Hastings. This is my first big case after I was made detective. 
Chief Inspector Jap. Perhaps it is time to share the facts of that case with Captain Hastings. Are you sure? You were not to reveal it unless... To paraphrase a certain other detective, the winds have taken a distinctive eastern turn. Perhaps it is time. I'm still not certain about this. Inspector Jap, let us tell the tale to Hastings. We can count on his discussion. Oh, absolutely. Well, all right, but... Excellent. I shall pour each of us a drink. Uh, Hastings, if you will retrieve the small cast-iron statue from my étage. Uh, oh, uh, this one? The boy who's doing... Uh, uh, that uh, Hastings is a most famous statue in Brussels. At one time, he provided the main water supply for the city. Oh... It is only a fountain. Now, pull back the green base on the bottom of the statue. All right. I, I say, it's hollow. There's a key inside. If you will be so good as to hand me the key, Hastings. All right, here. Ah, here, in the back of the drawer, a small tin dispatch box. John H. Watson, M.D. This is some sort of a shape, right? I'm afraid not. Inside the box is a manuscript. If you would be so good as to read these things. All right. In the uh, spring of 1904, both Sherlock Holmes and I were enjoying a retirement from the business of detection. I say, that's 30 years ago. Holmes was in Sussex raising bees, and I'd returned to private residence on Harley Street. Life was quiet, although I missed our adventures. Oh, Poirot, this can't be. Read on, Hastings. Well, all right. May of 1904 was a quiet month. So much so that I'd I made up my mind to, to take, take a motoring holiday with my wife. My thoughts were on probable destinations when my housekeeper announced a visitor. A, a patient? No, sir, a gentleman. Well, just because he's a gentleman... Oh, I'm sorry, sir. The gentleman in question wishes to speak to you most urgently. Ah, perhaps his wife. The gentleman in question does not have a wife. <laughs> Holmes, as I live and breathe. What brings you to London? Uh, that will be all. Very good, Doctor. Do sit down. Uh, what brings you here, business? A bit of that. And this. What do you make of it? Well, it's from Percy Phelps. <laughs> it's been some time since I've seen old Tadpole. We were of some help to him in the matter of the naval treaty. Indeed. I suppose you read that he was made an OBE this year. Hmm. Started the second paragraph. Huh? I realize that you have retired from active work, Mr. Holmes, and I only ask your advice. You've had a series of strange occurrences here at the Foreign Office, and to be honest, I am not sure whom I can trust. I would most value your insight on how to proceed. Well, you haven't seen the special edition of the Times. I've not left the surgery all day. Here. Sir Percy Phelps, dead. Holmes! Perhaps you would accompany me to the foreign office to speak with the detective in charge of the case. You do not appear to be overrun with patience. Well, it is slow. Then you wouldn't object? Of course not. Uh, just let me leave a note for Sarah. She's uh, out delivering medicines. She's a nurse, you know. A great help in my practice. 
I didn't think that I would find anyone ever to take the place of Mary. You are a most fortunate man. There. I'll just leave it on the table on the way out. You're looking quite well, Holmes. Is that your medical opinion? Detective Jack. Good of you to come, Mr. Holmes. This is Dr. Watson. It's because of your stories that I joined the police force. Uh, (laughs) Now, Mr. Holmes, you were to have lunch with Sir Percy today. Yes. Well, if it has any bearing on the case... Indeed it does. This letter contains all I know. He didn't let you on to the nature of the trouble. Not at all. I simply wrote him back of my intention to be at Simpson's at one o'clock today. If he sent a telegram to confirm, it would have arrived after I left. Well, it all seems in order. I might as well acquaint you with the facts, then, if you'd be interested. Certainly. Sir Percy was killed in his home overnight, apparently while trying to fend off a burglar. His safe was open and several important papers were missing. I'll wait he put up a fight. <laughs> he certainly did. His clerk entered the office as usual this morning, unaware of Sir Percy's death. Nothing seemed out of place. The typist, however, a Miss Gloria Jones, did not arrive. He sent a note to her rooms, and the landlady returned it with the statement that Miss Jones had not been seen since breakfast yesterday. But it was then that he opened the safe and he raised the alarm. Some very sensitive papers were missing. Oh? And, as I understand it, a treaty with the Germans had recently been signed in Brussels. Sir Percy's office is working to interpret the document for the various levels of government involved. Uh, but there was no sign of a forced entry. Absolutely none. And the building itself shows no signs of an attempted break-in. Your men have checked for fingerprints. Well, either the culprit wore gloves, or someone on the inside took the papers. And there's one other very, very curious detail. The document that remained in the safe is not the treaty that was signed two weeks ago. My word! The clerk says they are very similar, save for a few important details. According to the minister, the signatures look genuine enough. But the document is clearly a forgery. And what of the typist? Her room showed no signs of struggle, nor of a hurried exit. In fact, her toiletries are still sitting on the dressing table. Hmm. Excuse me, but the minister's free for a word. Oh, thank you. Mr. Holmes, I know you're retired, but I was wondering... This uh, case does present one or two interesting points, and uh, as I seem to be somewhat involved already... I would assist if needed. That is, if you don't mind an old dog on the case. Make that two old dogs. It would be an honor. If you'll follow me. Chief Chief, Chief Inspector, this just arrived for you. I need it back at the Scotland Yard. Most urgent. All the rotten luck. If you'll permit us, we can still meet with the minister. Case must go on, you know. Oh, quite. Yes, of course. Then I'll meet you at Gloria Jones' rooms in, say, two hours. The constable will take you when you're through. It will be our pleasure. Good. Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson. (laughs) This is dark business. I don't mind telling you, Mr. Holmes. Exactly, Minister. What alterations were made to the treaty? Well, essentially, the Germans will have the right to sail military vessels in the channel at will. Once the French get word, they'll be livid. It will spark an international incident, no doubt. Indeed. The thing is, the papers missing from Sir Percy's home 
are notes he had made regarding the treaty. Those notes would support our contention that the treaty was altered. Most disturbing indeed. And what about the Germans? Ah, well, (laughs) we will inform them. Uh, But we want to make sure that we have as much evidence as possible in hand. Of course. May I speak with the clerk? Uh, Yes, I'll I'll ring for him. His name is uh, Matthew Clifford. Sir? Uh, This is Mr. Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson. They're working with the police. Tell us exactly what happened when you entered the office this morning. Well, I unlocked the office as usual. I placed my hat upon the hook and sat down to look for the morning post. The post? And was it on your desk when you arrived? No. I retrieved it each morning on my way to the office. Who else has a key to the office? Sir Percy, of course. The minister's office has one. Who cleans the rooms? That is done in the afternoon. It's a bit of a bother, but necessary given the nature of the materials we keep on hand. Could the charwoman have taken a copy of the treaty? That's highly unlikely. We lock all sensitive papers in the safe during her visits. When you arrived at the office, everything looked normal? Nothing was out of place? Not at first glance. It wasn't until I opened the safe that I noticed some papers were missing. Could Sir Percy have come back to the office last night, after you left? He did work late some nights. The concierge would have had to let him in and let him out. Uh, Bates, that's the concierge, insists that no one entered the building last night, uh, save the women who clean the public areas of the building. Would they have any keys to the office? Uh, No. Could one of them have picked the lock? (laughs) I sincerely doubt it. Even so, there are guards on patrol. Has Sir Percy's key been recovered? Uh, Detective Jap gave me some note about that. Uh, Let me see. Ah, here it is. Keys not recovered. I would assume his men are still looking into it. Mr. Clifford, what exactly are your duties? Do you suspect me? If Detective Jap is doing his job, everyone is a suspect... Even you, Minister. (laughs) Well, quite. I I wouldn't expect any less of Scotland Yard, of course. Go ahead, Mr. Clifford. Before we engaged a typist, I copied documents by hand. You did not learn to type? My duties were expanded recently, and it was decided to hire a typist. I can type, but not as quickly or accurately as Miss Jones. I oversee her work, of course, but I also directly assist Sir Percy in more of the capacity of secretary since Mr. Longstreet retires. When was that? Oh, it's been six months. Miss Jones has been with us for four of those six months. What can you tell us about Miss Jones? She's been quite satisfactory in all her duties. No doubt. Do you know anything about her personal life? Huh, very little. Um, she's 29, a spinster. Lost her fiancé in the Boer War, never married. Would you please describe her? Not a very remarkable-looking woman, I... I mean, I'd, she dresses neatly, but not what you'd call beautiful or stunning. Tall and slim... Brown hair, brown eyes, I think. Any distinguishing features? Like a mole or a scar? No. But she always wore a large silver locket on her chatelaine. Inside was a photograph of her late fiancé. What else did she keep on her chatelaine? I recall the locket and a small filigree box that contained a handkerchief and a, a pair of scissors, She did not I wear think. her locket around her neck? She said it interfered with her typing. Thank you, Mr. Clifford. Now, shall we compare notes with Jap? One more question, Minister. Who, other than the Germans, stands to gain from the altered treaty? Oh, I cannot think of another country that would gain. Oh, surely many would suffer. 
A person, perhaps. Uh, certainly not a patriotic subject of the Crown. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Watson, it's time for our rendezvous with Detective Jap. Of course. We shall have a look at the young lady's rooms. Inspector, Miss Jones was a quiet lady, went off in to visit her mother, in Camden, I believe. Sometimes she would stay the night. Her mother was sick. Do you have her name and address? No. How about a reference? Normally I require one, but I did check that she worked at the foreign office, and her being the next thing to a widow and all. Ah, here we are. I haven't touched a thing, just as you said. Thank you. Can I get you some tea? Uh, no, thank you. I, I, I just bought some cakes from the oven. Thank you very much, Mrs... Bucket. Mrs. Bucket. <laughs> we'll call you if we need anything. Very well. I'll be downstairs. Now, observe. What strikes you as most unusual? There's no sign of struggle. I guess she hadn't been here since yesterday. Well, that would concur with what Mrs. Bucket told Clifford. The bed doesn't appear to have been slept in. Now, a man might not make his own bed up in the morning, but if he knew the landlady would do it. But a woman... Excellent, Watson. What else? Take a look. I call your attention to her dressing table. Nothing seemed out of place. Look at the hairbrush. There are hairs of several different colors here. Red, blonde, brown... The box is empty. She's not been saving her hairs. Why? Well, they're excellent for stuffing pin cushions, I'm told. Well, I don't think I shall find anything else here. I do have some personal business to attend to. May I meet you in an hour or so? I'll be at Scotland Yard. Until then. My dear Mr. Abercrombie, do come inside. I saw the times, Mr. Severstone. Yes, the job was a success. I couldn't have done it without your particular talents. Well, the signatures were a simple matter. The difficulty lay in obtaining the correct typewriter and altering two of the letters to match imperfections in the original instrument. Well, an excellent job. I'm most pleased. What of Sir Percy Phelps? Uh, a mere annoyance. Oh, we'll swing for it. No, we are taking the next train to Dover. From there, we travel overland to Paris, eventually to Antwerp, where the original treaty and Sir Percy's notes will be exchanged for a quantity of diamonds. Uh, what about the police? I don't think there'll be a bother. There were no witnesses at the house. I made sure of that. And as for our typist, she has one or two small roles to play. And then she will conveniently vanish. Mm. A pity. I was starting to like her. Well, my part in this job is finished. I'll have no more of this. <coughs> you will stay with me unless you desire to meet the same fate as Sir Percy. <coughs> you shall reap your reward when we reach Antwerp. <laughs> Thank you.
You're listening to the Texas Radio Theater Company. This portion of the Texas Radio Theater Company is brought to you by The Book. The Book? What's a book? A book is an amazing source of knowledge right at your fingertips. Like the internet. Better. Does it have graphics? Amazing graphics. How many batteries does it take? None. How about cables or accessories? Can you use the book on its own? It's completely wireless, needs no batteries, and it's portable. When you finish one page, you simply turn to the next one. How about viruses? Or spam? The book never gets a virus, and it never gets spam. Wow! We We need need to to get get a book. book! And you do, too. You can find books at your local library. Open one up today. The book is a proud sponsor of Texas Radio Theater Company. And now... Act two of The Abercrombie Forgery. You're listening to the Texas Radio Theater Company at the R Book. Holmes, this is a most dreadful area of town. What business do you have here, and in disguise, no less? There is a Chinese expression. One cannot refuse to eat just because there is a chance of being choked. Well, this is certainly the right neighborhood for that. I'm turning around this very moment. Quickly, get in the shadows. Don't need to push. Shh. <clears throat> Dougal McGurdy, still picking pockets, I see. O'Leary? Michael O'Leary? I thought you were. The reports of my death were premature. Yeah? I simply need some information. I won't interfere with your business, unless you do not cooperate. All right. You did a small job the other night. Yeah? For whom? I don't know. I swear I don't... Describe him. Her. She was wrapped up in a cloak, she was. Talked all genteel. She gave me her address and asked me to break in through the back and rifle about the place. She told me I could have anything I wanted as long as I didn't open the door to the study. What time was that? I did the job about 11. Did she pay you? Said she'd pay me this morning, didn't she? <laughs> she didn't show. Can you remember anything else about her? When she turned to leave, I could see a bit of her hair. Flaming red it was. Thank you, McGardy. Hey, don't I get anything for me trouble? I'll give you some advice. Eh? You see that man over there? What about him? He's from Scotland Yard. Oh, yeah. I got an appointment. Boy! Who was that? A source. May I come out now? By all means, Watson. What do you mean by a source? Come along. I'll fill you in while we walk. It gets curiouser and curiouser. So I suspect that Miss Jones is involved with the crime. And the signs point to Peter Abercrombie as the forger. It required someone with particular skills in altering a typewriter. Hmm. Well, he's certainly one of the few forgers not in a lock and key who could do that quality of work. Someone hired Abercrombie. I don't think he's capable of planning something on this scale on his own. 
That someone also hired a small-time crook to go through the place and make it look like a burglary. Is that who you are talking to? I don't think it would be a good idea to go after the burglar just yet. Right. We don't want to tip off our big fish. Abercrombie may try to get out of the country with the treaty. We've already got a watch out in all the ports. We must be ready to leave at a moment's notice. I'll go make the arrangements. Excellent. Uh, You can reach me at Dr. Watson's surgery. Watson, how do you feel about joining me on a busman's holiday? Well, my wife... Oh, yes. You're domesticated now. Would love to join us. This could be dangerous. A husband and wife on a motoring holiday might be an excellent cover for our investigations, don't you think? Excuse me, Holmes. Come in. Two telegrams for Mr. Holmes. Thank you. The first is from Jap. Abercrombie took the last train to Dover under the name of Smith, travelling with an associate named Hill, who seems to be acting in the capacity of a secretary. Do you have a telephone? Just outside the door. Who's the other one from? From my brother Mycroft, no doubt. I suspect the government will grind to a halt on his demise. (laughs) Interesting. What does he say? Something rather cryptic. Listen. On holiday so soon, Sherlock, Belgium is quite nice this time of year. Bring me a souvenir. John, dear, I... Oh, excuse me. I was told you didn't have a patient. Sarah, this is Sherlock Holmes. Delighted, Mrs. Watson. I must inform Jap so that he can alert the Belgian police. The next boat train leaves at six. Can you make it? Of course. Until then, pack light. Au revoir, Mrs. Watson. So, that was the famous Sherlock Holmes. Uh, What was that about a boat train? Uh, Ah, yeah, uh... I thought you told me he was retired. Uh, He is, but... John, what about our holiday? Dear... Two tickets for the steam ferry to Calais, please. There you go. Leaves in half an hour. You can wait in first class lounge. Uh, miss, is he quite all right? He so wants to take the waters at Lourdes. Last wish of a dying man, you know. I don't expect he'll make it home. (coughs) Oh, oh well. Uh, Good luck to you. Thank you. Come along, sir. We're to go this way. Keep your hat over your eyes. There are policemen everywhere. I was afraid of this. I wouldn't expect anything less, which is why I'm dressed as a nurse and you're made up sick. Come, lean on my arm and cough. You're supposed to be dying. (coughs) We'll switch platforms before Lourdes and backtrack to Paris. When you arrive, you'll be healthy and accompanied by Mr. Hill. That should throw them off the scent. Watson, over here! There's Holmes! He's got a carriage! Ah, here we are! 
Uh, give me your hand, Sarah. Up you get. I told you this could be dangerous, Watson. And I told you that we were in need of a holiday. I can take care of myself, Mr. Holmes. You may well have to. Read this telegram, Watson. Abercrombie was spotted in Dover with a woman dressed as a nurse. They could be anywhere in Europe by now. Mycroft suggested Belgium for a reason. This could become very dangerous, Mrs. Watson. You are chasing a woman, are you not? Well, I wouldn't let the fact... It's even more dangerous for that woman you're chasing. And she's not cowering in the corner. Wake me when we get to Dover. Inspector Perot, you understand the delicacy of the situation? Completely. My government has instructed me to give you our fullest cooperation. We are most grateful. Now, you have no doubt been informed that Sherlock Holmes is assisting us. I have heard of the Detective Holmes, but is he not retired? He has taken personal interest in this case. Um, The late Sir Percy had... Excuse uh, me. Entrez-vous. Bonjour. Monsieur Holmes et Dr. Watson. Merci. Ah, It is a pleasure to meet you both. I read of your brilliant deductive work in the Ristevsky murder. Merci. It was a simple matter. This silver cup. Uh, Is is an award from the government for that very case. Uh, I'll put it away, silver plate. In that vase, it is rather delicate. Austrian? Oui. A gift from my dear mother. Careful how you place it back on the desk. See how you dislodge the petals from the flowers. And this? Well, surely Please this, put but... that down. Ah, Mr. Holmes. Why don't you tell the inspector what you know? <laughs> of course. I suspect that Abercrombie and his companion are hiding in a rather disreputable district of the city. This handbill was found. Madam Fifi, the... Oh, my dear, my French isn't very good. Uh, does this say she's a, a dancer? May I see? Ah, oh, we have heard of her and her snake. Snake? Oui. Her performance is what you would call exotic. I see. Our culture in Brussels is French and more tolerant of such things. Oh, uh, right. I am told that she is British, but she takes the French name. Quite fascinating. Let me see that handbill again. We had a sketch artist draw a picture. Mon Dieu! That's her! The handbill states that she will make her return to the stage tonight. Hello? Oui. Merci. Inspector Jap, your suspects have boarded a train to Brussels this morning. The suerte has your instructions to follow but not apprehend. Thank you. I have one question. Hmm? Why have not the Germans said anything? We have theories, but no evidence to back them up. I have a contact high up in the government who has been conducting some inquiries of his own. He suspects that the Germans may be waiting until our government speaks up. Sensible. The other theory is that the Germans have been similarly duped, and they are conducting their own investigation. There has been no word from them through diplomatic channels. 
Then, Monsieur Holmes, would that mean a third party has an interest in altering the treaties? I do hate to theorize in advance of the facts. Ah, but do not your little gray cells tell you that it is entirely possible? My advanced brain tells me that it is most certainly possible. But what path do we follow? We need facts. In. Enjoy your stay at the Hotel Grand. Bellman! We'll take our own bags, thank you. Oh, but, monsieur... Here's something for your trouble. Merci. <clears throat> there. You see, Mr. Smith and Mr. Hill are now safely ensconced in the Hotel Grand. And what <laughs> of Miss Jones? I anticipate that she will be magnificent tonight. And in the confusion, we shall disappear, leaving our luggage behind. Well, I placed the two small bags in the left luggage at the train station, as you instructed. Here's the claim check. Excellent. I'll meet you for the last train to Antwerp, just as soon as our Miss Jones has done her deed. Our rooms are this way. Oh, oh. pardon me. Not at all. Quite all right. Not at all. <laughs> What a magnificent hotel. It doesn't feel right staying here while... Remember, we're simply on holiday. Bonjour, monsieur. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. John Watson, we have a reservation. Oh, oui. There is a telegram for you, monsieur. Hmm. And here are your keys. Room 302. Bellman. Well, we just have the couple of bags. Allow us, monsieur, s'il vous plaît. Ah... It's from my literary agent. Surely he doesn't want you to write another story. <laughs> no, he wants me to take a look at a motor bicycle. Another toy. Oh, he's got one already, but this is a new four-cylinder model. He says it's capable of 80 miles per hour. Can someone really go that fast? Absolutely. Uh, but that's probably a racetrack speed. I suspect it would only reach 40 on the open road. Room. Oh, thank you. <clears throat> oh, merci. What a lovely room. Not as lovely as you, my dear. Come here. Oh, John. My wife doesn't find out about my being with the Chat Noir. You must do worse things in the line of duty, Detective Jep. But not in a foreign city. I'm sorry Monsieur Poirot isn't along for the show. He's the chief of the police force. They'd know something was up. I can't imagine that he would frequent such a low establishment. I think he's visiting his mother. Lives with her, did you say? <laughs> it's a bit noisy here. No wonder. What time is it? The show should be starting soon. Here is, they are waiting. Yes, we. Oui. <laughs> Madame, c'est messieurs. Bienvenue à Chate Noire. Ici de Paris, Mademoiselle Fifi et son serpent. <laughs> Madams, let's hope that the ladies I see here are asking to be arrested. As Monsieur Poirot said, 
We are practically in France. <laughs> Bonsoir. Looks like our Gloria Jones, all right. If that's her real name. Clifford was right. She is not the most attractive thing I've ever seen. But uh, I have seen her somewhere before. Not in the line of duty either. A newspaper picture, perhaps. Must be it. <clears throat> oh, this is exotic. It apparently passes for it with this clientele. <laughs> have you observed? They're mostly laborers. Except for that man over there. Uh, the one in the dark suit in the corner. Quite overdressed for the occasion, wouldn't you say? You suppose he might be connected with this? Possibly. And look, over there, practically buried under two women. Ambercrombie! Curiouser and curiouser. Ah, les Ah, the legendary... Looks rather docile. Suppose he's drugged. Bored by the act, I'll wager. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, Ambercrombie's going to the back. And our overdressed friend out the front. I'll follow him, you follow Abercrombie. Remember, you're just another admirer. <laughs> right. Now, Abercrombie went right backstage. He's coming in through a door. I wonder if, if that's the dressing room. Sorry, monsieur. No one sees Mademoiselle Fifi. Oh, she's expecting me. She sees no one. Bruno! Oh. Oh. Uh, 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 bonjour, Bruno. <laughs> uh. uh. per perhaps I can pass a message. I'll wait, if, if, if that's all right. <laughs> I wonder what is going on in there. There's trouble. You're not supposed to be back here. I recognize someone in the audience. He's from Scotland Yard. What are we going to do? You are going to calm down. We shall be ready to go in a moment. What good is this doing, all of these disguises? This... Oh, put that down, Mr. Abercrombie. That belongs to Miss Jones. I want out! That may be a good idea. You, you can pay me back when, when we get back to London. You will get your reward now. No, what, what are you doing? No, no! Pity about the cushion. That was Act Two of The Abercrombie Forgery, an audio play by Julie Barrett, produced by the Texas Radio Theater Company. And now, part three of the Abercrombie Forgery. The body was identified as the Englishman Peter Abercrombie. <clears throat> Bruno was not terribly cooperative. In fact, he kept me quite occupied while Madame Fifi made a hasty exit. By the time your men arrived, there was just a body. I am sorry about your eye. How about the German? I've wired his description to London. The man in the dark suit was German? Yes. 
He jumped into a waiting coach and spoke to the driver in German. I'm afraid my attempts to follow were not successful. I believe that he is an agent of the German government. He is traveling under the name of Willy Brunner, ostensibly on a motoring holiday. He checked out of Le Hotel Grand early this morning. That is not unexpected. Here is something you might find unexpected. Monsieur Peter Abercrombie was clutching something in his hands. It was a large silver locket. And would there have been a key inside of the locket? Two keys, Monsieur Holmes. Hmm. We won't know until we get our boys on it. But I'd bet they were to Sir Percy's office and his safe. Entrez-vous, s'il vous plaît. Excusez-moi, Monsieur Holmes. Merci. From my, my government contact. Our mysterious German matches the description of a Herr Cornelius von Immerhofen, a known agent of the German Empire. As I expected, we have his photograph from our fires. That's him, all right. Indeed. So the Germans are this as well. My contact sends more news. Geoffrey Holden was in at the Foreign Office yesterday with a new toy. You mean the arms merchant? He would prefer the supplier of armaments to His Majesty's forces. This could all be related. Possibly, since my intelligence source says he left for Antwerp last night. Brunner, or Van Imerhofen, had an automobile just hours ago. He told the garage he would leave it in Antwerp. That settles it, then. We must get to Antwerp. Excusez-moi. Entrez! Monsieur Abercrombie was traced to the Hotel Grand. Isn't your Dr. Watson staying there? Indeed. But he wouldn't have recognized Abercrombie if he was in disguise. He might have spotted von Immerhofen. Uh, well, we inquired for a Monsieur Hill, as you directed. He, is an, he and his employer, a Monsieur Smith. They have not been seen since yesterday. Merci bien. Gentlemen, it appears as though Antwerp is our next destination. What about the girl? She has probably, how do you say, flown the coup? Almost undoubtedly. I have, it, the, I have the stations watched since last night. No one meeting Mademoiselle Jean's description has been seen. We do not have a good description of Monsieur Hill, I am afraid. I have sent word to have the other stations watched. How about if we get our bags and take the next train to Antwerp, then? An excellent idea. I shall join you. The next train is in uh, one hour. I shall not require long to pack a small bag. I'll put Watson on the trail of von Immerhofen. Right. Wait. What, what is that? On the street. A man and a woman are not a bicycles. Does not a husband not understand the danger to his wife? Wait. Open the window. It's Dr. and Mrs. Watson. Hello! Oh, come up! Quickly! Watson can take the overland route to Antwerp, and we can take the train. Then we... What are you doing? The moustaches, they begin to droop. Perhaps if you were to use fewer coals in the fire, you would Perhaps find... if you were to remove your outer jacket, you might be more comfortable. May I have the tin? Monsieur Claude's moustache <laughs> pomade. S'il vous plaît. Beeswax, rose water, perhaps, and uh, lavender. <clears throat> Here. Merci. Just a little bit there. And voila. Uh, I, I think I hit him outside. 
Ah, good morning, Dr. Watson. And this must be Madame Watson. Enchanté. Bonjour. Uh, I'm sorry. Yes, the atmosphere has become a bit heated, I'm afraid. Allow me to open the window. Please, sit down, Madame Watson. I could not help but observe your new transportation. We thought we'd run around the countryside a bit when the case is finished. Dr. Watson, would you look at this photograph, please? Do you recognize the man? He's staying at the hotel, but he checked out this morning. Made a frightful fuss. He is Cornelius von Emerhofen, uh, agent of the German government. The staff called him Herr Brunner. He is traveling under that name and is now believed to be motoring to Antwerp. Oh, we could take our motor bicycles to Antwerp. That thought crossed our minds, but he could be dangerous. He wouldn't suspect a couple on holiday, would he? Perhaps not. If you would rather take the train, Mrs. Watson... Certainly not. Very well. Detective Jap. You're just in time. Oh, had a discussion with my cab driver with a fare. The name Scotland Yard does not appear to carry much weight around here. I am sorry, Detective Jap. Now I have a report to share. Miss Jones is on this very train. Where? In the first class compartment of the next carriage back. She was described as having black hair, no? Yes. Her hair is now most... Red. A wig, no doubt. Well, that explains the hairbrush we found in her room in London. Elaborate, please. The hairbrush left behind in her room. It had several colors of hair caught in the bristles. I would go so far as to suggest that she might also be a Mr. Hill. Ha, well, she is an actress of sorts. So, Watson's lurid little tales were instructive after all. Well, if this is the case, I must send word to the officer watching her cabin. She may emerge in another guise. And she'll probably recognize one of us, though. There must be something in my bag. Ah. Who's that hat? Is it safe? I expect the moss to fly out. That's the idea. Would you mind holding the mirror, please? Eh, it is greasy. Let's see. Coloring. There. You look as though you have worked in the sun for days. And if you'll excuse me while I trade my coat for this tattered jacket, the effect will be complete. I'll be back shortly. Monsieur Holmes is not a man who values order. He is unconventional, but he gets the job done. breaking down like this. Are you sure you don't want me to give you a hand with that? Well, I need to know how to repair it if I have a breakdown. You can't always come to my rescue. Ah, how's that? Perfect. But you're covered in grease. <laughs> so are you. I'm not going to wilt, you know. That is what I love about you. Now, back to the job at hand. We've made excellent time. How many motor cars have we passed? Six. 
And no driver looked like von Immerhoffen. There was that one car with the top closed. We couldn't see the driver very well. But here comes someone now. John, it's that same car. But now the top is open. Are you sure? I recognize the number plate. He's all bundled up, but he certainly looks like our man. That was him, although he didn't seem to recognize us. <laughs> I'm not surprised. As dirty as we are. Come on, let's keep him in sight. has been alerted. Miss Jones appears to be asleep. Oh, I can't blame her. I said appears. She is not asleep. She observed me pass through the carriage, but she did not recognize me. Are you certain about that? Mm. Of course. Now, Monsieur Poirot, undoubtedly you know Antwerp better than I. Oui. It seems most probable that Miss Jones will meet up with both von Immerhofen and Geoffrey Holden. Can you think of any likely locations? Antwerp, as you know, is a port city. From there, they can board a ship to anywhere on the globe. There are many places between the central station and the port. The Diamond District is near the station, is it not? Of course. Diamonds are negotiable just about anywhere and easy to hide. Let us hope that the Watsons were able to track von Immerhofen. If they make it to Antwerp on those motor bicycles, that is. We will arrive there in one hour. Uh, you'll pardon me, I'm going to get some rest. I shall read the case notes again and put my little grey cells to work. I need to give this some more thought as well. What are you doing? <coughs> Lighting a pipe. <laughs> Open the window, civil play. <laughs> You've transformed yourself. I'll never get the dust out of my hair. What now? Wait for Holmes, I suppose. Antwerp is a lovely city, isn't it? I hope we get to see some of it before we dash off on the next chase. Speaking of the chase, where is von Immerhoffen? Still at the cafe across the street reading a newspaper. Oh, wait. There. He's settling his bill. Do you think he'll see us? Look in the window of this shop. We can see him in the reflection. He's... Buying a, a souvenir. Hmm. It's a replica of that odd fountain in Brussels. Why would he buy one now? Hmm. Perhaps he forgot. Or, or they could be less expensive here. Should we follow? I'll follow. And you stay here and watch for Holmes. At least you'll be able to inform him which direction we went. All right. Look down the street at the railway station. There's a woman with the most hideous red hair. <laughs> Sarah. And look who's following her. Monsieur Poirot and Detective Jap. And if I'm not mistaken, that shabby man making his way over here won't be asking for money. I see you've made it. Hmm. You've seen von Immerhofen over there? Yes. How was the trip? Uneventful, save for a fouled spark plug. 
Look, that woman with the red hair is buying a souvenir. We had just observed von Immerhofen purchase one just like it. There he is, going around that corner. I'll follow him. The official forces are following Miss Jones. Where are your motor bicycles? At the train station. Get them then and follow me, but push them. If you start the engines, it will attract attention. They may be useful. Come on. Where is she going? There are, several, there are several small forgeries down that street. Forgeries? They make cast metal objects. Oh, you call it a foundry? See, si, she enters that one. What do you suppose they make? Uh, small items. Souvenirs, for the most part. Uh, I'm impressed with your knowledge of Antwerp. I read this sign. Oh, of course. Look, look! There's von Immerhofen. Where is Monsieur Holmes? I'm sure he's around here somewhere. So we, we take them when they come out? No. Jeffrey Holden must be in there as well. You could have sent an agent. I do not think he would trust something so important to an agent. I read about him while you slept, and Monsieur Holmes smoked his most foul pipe. He is a man who likes to have all of his fingers in the pie. Then what do we do? Just walk in? Sometimes the direct approach is the best. Well, just so you know, I do have my police revolver in my coat pocket. Hopefully, we shall not have the need to use it. May I help you? Is this where they make the little statues of the famous fountain? My English friend here would like to arrange to sell them in his country. You need to speak with Mr. Vandermeer. He is with someone now. If you would wait over there. Uh, merci. Look through the frosted glass of the office. Two men and a woman, no? I tried to get a look around as best I could, and it appears the door behind the clerk's desk is the, is the only entrance to the office. Well, then, we shall wait. <sighs> Thank you for being so prompt. Do you each have your papers? Yeah. Yes. Well, let's see them. Well, if you would be so kind as to hand me the statues you purchased, you will both walk out very rich. Hold on. You will not trick me. I have two identical statues filled with your payment in diamonds. I've only to finish sealing the bays to the bottom. Look. Good. The diamonds are satisfactory, then? Barely. This was dangerous work. That is not my problem. The forged treaties are in place. Of course. Simplicity itself. Very well. You will both profit handsomely. So shall I. The clerk has stepped away, and the door is opening. Come. Right. Place your hands above your heads, you will play. You are all under arrest. I think not. If you shoot... You're swaying. Well, treason is a hanging offence. What have I got to lose? <laughs> oh! Ah, missed! on him, You're going somewhere. Mirko! Got you. And she's getting out through the window. Oh, no, you don't. Now, oh, I've only got her coat. She's taking off on our motor bicycle. You, Stop. follow her. Follow her, Watson. Inspector Jeff. Monsieur Holden is dead. I came in through the back and picked up a small quantity of twine along the way. It will hold von Immerhofen. Officers, I am Hercule Perrault from headquarters in Brussels. This is Detective Jap of Scotland Yard and Monsieur Sherlock Holmes. Call for help. We are chasing a woman on a motor bicycle. One man is already following. Let's go before we lose her. The streets here are narrow and they twist. She cannot go fast, even on that 
interesting. I'll go that way. I'll go this direction. Uh, would you walk with me, Madame Watson? All right. As we shall go this way. And we go down this street and turn right. There they are. She's turned left. Watson! I see her! Stop! Ran over, ran over me. She's gone that way. Jack! Right, right, we can cut her off. Come on. Ah, or maybe not. Well, there they are. Down that passageway. Right, we've got her now. This is a mess. Where did you come from? The forgery is just around the corner. Oh, you could have fooled me the way these streets wind round. John, are you hurt? No, but I think she may have broken a leg. Oh. oh I'm a doctor. Let's see to that leg. Holmes, move the motor bicycle. Carefully. Let me help. Hand me the wood from that broken crate, Sarah. I'll use it for a splint. Here. Mademoiselle Jones, I hereby place you under arrest for the murder of Peter Embercrombie and for suspicion of espionage. That can wait. We need to splint her leg. Now, I'm going to have to move your skirts. Hello. She's wearing a pair of trousers rolled up to the knees. Ha! Just as we suspected. She is... A man. And I am a doctor. Then this red hair is... A wig. Say, it's the same. My wife and I saw you on stage last year. Why, why, you're... Uh, Julian... Julian Severstone. Third son of the Duke of Ellis. We can hear the rest of the story after we have everyone safely in custody, no? Julian Severstone took to acting. Not a terribly reputable profession for a gentleman, although he has some talent. The next Ball's Hill trade will be on the scaffold. You know, it's, it's going to be difficult to keep the details of this out of the papers once the trial starts. I have every confidence that our government will keep this story well buried. Let's hope. It's in their best interest. I must agree with you. So, why did Severstone do it? Why else? He was deep in debt, and he craved the challenge. Of course, once he had the keys from Sir Percy, he disguised himself as one of the uniformed guards at the Foreign Office. Not as a charwoman. They were watched too closely. No one thought twice about a guard on his <laughs> rounds. Well, I will have quite a story to tell my wife, uh, but I, I think I'll not tell her about Madame Fifi. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, perhaps we shall meet again, Detective Jap. I'm glad to have worked with the great Sherlock Holmes as well, but I shall not miss your peep. And you will go far beyond this police department with your deductive powers, I predict. I shall not, however, miss your moustache. You shall keep your pip tobacco and I shall keep my moustaches, oui? Madame Watson, you were most brave. And you are too kind. 
I know you will want to write about this. I shall, but it will probably never see the light of day. The government presented the case against Severstone as though Abercrombie had been the mastermind behind the scheme. Severstone's death sentence was commuted in return for his cooperation, but he died in prison a year later at the hands of another inmate. With the principals dead, much of a story could stay safely locked away in the government files. This tale will be locked away as well, only to be published if the time is right. So, Hastings, what do you think? I think it's fantastic. It would still damage the government if it were to be published today. Yes, I agree with you. Uh, I won't say anything, believe me. I don't think anyone would believe me if I did. <laughs> uh, shall I pour us another drink then? Yeah. Eh? All right. To Sherlock Holmes, the greatest consulting detective. <clears throat> uh, uh, yes, oh, uh, right. the greatest English consulting yes, detective. Yes. <laughs> but of course. Yes. To Monsieur Sherlock Holmes. Salut. Salut. You've been listening to The Abercrombie Forgery, adapted by Julie Barrett and produced by the Texas Radio Theater Company. Our executive producer is Shannon Froelich. Our production manager is Ken Rainey. Original music was produced and composed by Lucien Desar. Live sound effects were created by Larry Groby. Rhiannon McMillan. And Ken Rainey. This production was engineered and under the direction of Richard Froelich. At this time, we'd like to invite our cast to come back up to the microphone and introduce themselves to you. Uh, David Grant. As Sherlock Holmes. Larry Groby. Oh, I was the minister in Severstone and Hastings and a few others. Eric Knapp. I was Watson. Cindy Matthews. Sarah and Mrs. Bucket. Kurt Mega. Detective Jap. Reg Platt. As Hercule Poirot with the mustaches, no? Susan McMath-Platt. Elsie the maid and Gloria with Les Serpent. And featuring Ken Rainey as Bruno. <laughs> Special thanks, thanks go to our all-volunteer cast and crew, and especially to you for helping us to keep this valuable form of entertainment alive. On behalf of the Texas Radio Theater Company, I'm your announcer, Ken Rainey, saying thank you for listening and have a very pleasant evening. The Texas Radio Theater Company, in cooperation with the Arlington Museum of Art and the station, broadcasts, streams, and performs modern audio theater in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. If you'd like more information about our group, you can log on to our website at texasradiotheater.com. Hope you enjoyed listening. I'm Rich Froelich, and on behalf of our cast and crew, 
Thanks for tuning in.